When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Joining me today, Dan Reese. Dan, great to have you on again, even though the circumstances are not great for the first By the Numbers episode of the year. Yeah, it's great to be back with you, Ken. Uh, Wish wish it was under better circumstances, but uh, at least the season started and pretty stoked about that. So. All right. Been really cool to see a lot of your conversation on Twitter and all the things you've been doing with, uh, um, you know, stats and, and uh, uh, data analysis over the offseason. Anything you want to talk about in particular or plug? Yeah, nothing real, really right now. Big going on. Just uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at uh, DP Reese eight um, and, uh, you know, just try to throw out stats from every once in a while and uh, highlight any other analytics going on. So. All right. Very cool. Um, Why don't you start us off today with the first number? Sure. Sounds good. Uh, 99. Uh, This is the first game in the last 99 times that the Ravens have lost after leading by 14 plus points during the game. So that's pretty remarkable. Um, You know, we we aren't used to situations like this where they were up big and and then uh, managed to blow the lead. Uh, Their 98 wins straight uh, before this was the second longest streak since 1930. In the second quarter, when they were up 14-0, they had a win probability based on NFL faster of 85%. So they were sitting good and just... uh, managed things kind of fell apart 
Okay. So when it said that by the Ravens' own record, they had a close to 100% chance to win that game, but 85% by FastR probably uses league data, I'm guessing. Yeah, just historical data uh, based off across the league, just neutral. That's just neutral win percentage, not taking in any, um, you know, lines or anything like that i wouldn't look at the ravens as being a good team in that anyway right uh, just a complete bummer and i thought the same thing and we were at the game i think at 14 nothing they got it one they're, they're not going to blow 14 nothing lead to the raiders and sure enough yep unbelievable all right 30 of 33 and that's the number of four-man rushes that the raiders brought out of 33 total um, this is one of the really frustrating things. They they had 29 of those 34 man rushes were 4-0 vanilla rushes with only one other play that was a simulated pressure where they dropped two from the line of scrimmage. 4-0 to me is a shorthand that I use. It says they, they rushed four and they dropped no more than one from the line of scrimmage. There were some four ones and some four zeros. So I'm grouping them together there. Um, it does not bode well for the Ravens that they couldn't hold up a tackle in a game where they face such a vanilla rush because the IOL in a lot of ways has not been tested by this first week uh, with a lot of very easy looks in terms of pass rushes. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they, they do have good edge rushers, uh, Crosby and, um, uh, Yannick. Yep. Um, you know, so they were, they were a pretty dangerous duo. And then, you know, more bad news about offensive tackles coming out today. So, um, with, with Stanley looking to maybe miss some time. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't bode well. They're definitely going to have to figure out some way to, to get some protection um, when they face some more challenging rushes coming up. So, all right, my next number is 0.2%. Uh, that was the touchdown probability based on ESPN's expected rush yards model on Tyson Williams' 35-yard touchdown run. So, uh, you know, that's one in every 500 times um, someone in that position based off of the yardage and alignment of the defense and offensive linemen at the handoff mm-hmm. would be expected to score a touchdown. Um, the expected rush yards on that play were only at four yards. And so he had 31 yards over expected, which is uh, pretty amazing. Great cutback, great speed to burst out. Uh, he was traveling at 12.23 miles an hour when he crossed the line of scrimmage, which is compared to the average running back speed of 8.8 miles per hour on inside runs. So he was hauling. And then he got even faster, top speed of eight, 18.9 miles per hour at the 10-yard line to beat out, I think it was a cornerback or safety there. So he just he gunned it. It was a great run. It was a great run. And, and, you know, the missed tackles in level two, he really slipped all the contact that was on that run, which was very impressive. And obviously that's how you, you pile up a big R-Y-O-E number on a single run. It is not an inspectable number. It's one of those numbers where it's too complex to actually inspect what's behind it, but it's 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 not unreasonable for people to think that it might have been four yards that you'd mm-hmm. expect at the handoff, I think, and and that he uh, had a big run there. But a great fourth and one run, great result. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk on the later fourth and one that the Ravens should have should have just kicked a field goal. And I, th- I go, wait a minute, what about the first fourth and one where they got a thirty-five yard touchdown on it? You know, you gotta you gotta kind of think it both ways. All right, I'll move on. Uh, 19.0. That is Lamar Jackson's yards per play with ample time and space in this game. So he only had ample time and space on seven of 33 plays that resulted in a pass or sack. 
So that's not drop back. So if he, if he scrambled, that's taken out of the denominator there. Um, but all seven of those passes he completed included three of his longest four passes of the day. In fact, the, the number the pass yardage on those plays were 49, 29, 21, 13, 9, 6, and 6. So he was remarkable when he had a little bit of time to throw. And, and as the game wore on, they did some things that were a little bit optimistic, you know, might bode optimistically for how they'll handle not having any offensive tackles at this point uh, by doing some chip blocking, including some that was self-directed by Lamar. Don't know if you saw him ask Latavius Murray, go up the line of scrimmage and block Nassib on one play. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see that. That's great to hear. I, you know, I'd love seeing they lined up um, Ricard some more kind of in a tight, tight end type position to, to get help with the blocking. I saw that motioned him through a bunch too. So, you know, I think that that sort of thing is going to be key, but that's awesome to see that when he has time, those wide receivers were, you know, paying off and uh, were able to make it work. So that's promising at least. All right. Uh, my next one is set of two numbers, negative 0.32 and negative 0.83. The negative 0.32 is the EPA, which is the expected points added on rushes on early downs. So first and second down. Uh, that compares to a negative 0.116 league average. So well below the league average on early down rushes. Um, and then negative 0.83 expected points added on passes on late downs, which is third and fourth down, compared to a positive 0.0243 for the league-wide average. So much worse on late passes. So early rushes and late passes, much worse than the league average. Two areas that uh, the team really needs to focus on and, uh, and improve going forward. Okay, you mentioned here this last note, I see they were well above the league average when they passed on early downs or rushed on later downs, which would have included, say, that fourth and one or maybe some third and one third down scrambles by Jackson. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they were good. Kind of the early exactly early passes and, and late rushes. It's just the other two combinations that they need to improve on for sure. Uh, that's it'll be challenging for them to pass early as often as this season goes on, but it'll be even more challenging for them for, to pass on, on third and long when the opponent knows it's coming. Right. All right, let's move on. Uh, 21. That is the number of non-penalty and non-spike <laughs> spike snaps for the dime defense. It's uh, 27% of all defensive snaps. Here's what I like about that number. The Ravens established themselves as the dime being their primary package in 2019 with 42.2%. You can get there a couple different ways, but the first part you do is you're committed to the dime when it's when it's an obvious passing down. The second is you get to play a ton of dime when you're leading games by a lot and you get to finish them effectively in dime, sometimes for a quarter, sometimes even for a half. Um, and and they, you know that's another way to pile up dime snaps as well. Both of them are good things in my opinion, because you get your inside linebackers off the field who are the coverage weakness. So they made really good use of, of cornerback and safety depth in that first game. We saw a lot of Stevens. We did not yet see Geno Stone. We did not yet see our Darius Washington, but they made good use of their of their depth. Um, they did happen to allow 8.0 yards per play on those plays, but I really believe that the portent for that factor is for the amount of dime they're playing is very good for the rest of the season. So I I hope they're able to continue to play uh, a fair percentage of it. Yeah. I think, um, you know, 
couple more injuries. We'll see how that shakes up with the dime. But yeah, I'd definitely like to see the dime um, out in coverage. Uh, you know, they were they just shut down um, Las Vegas's run game. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, Las Vegas really had to lean on on the passing, and that's I think where some of the dime comes in. So. All right. My next numbers are are looking forward to the Kansas City game. It's a set of four numbers, so bear with me. Uh, 22%, 22%, 40%, 69%. Um, These are just based off of one week, so don't get too excited. But uh, Kansas City had a 22% pass rush win rate, which was the worst in the NFL through week one they had a 22 percent run stop win rate which is again the worst so both of those are when kansas city is on defense the pass Mm -hmm. rush win rate and the run stop win rate so those are they were the worst in both of those uh 40 percent is the pass block win rate which is 26th and 69% was the run block win rate, which is 18th. So they were the worst in both of the uh, defensive sides and 26th and 18th on uh, the offensive side. So I know they went against a great Cleveland offensive line, but, uh, you know, we're, our, our line is no Cleveland, but still that bodes well that uh, maybe they aren't as daunting of a matchup as, uh, you know, as, as they may have seemed. So, yeah, it was uh, that context is important there. Cause I think Cleveland also in terms of their, their pass rushers certainly gave them a lot of trouble, Orlando Brown in particular. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good stat. And, and we hope we can draw something on that in the future. Yep. Uh, I'll go to my next It's 13. That's the number of non penalty, non spike snaps of race car that the, Ravens played four outside linebackers, zero inside linebackers. So I kind of got at this in the dime a little bit, but the dime, you can put six defensive backs on the field and still have a linebacker, usually one, and then four down linemen. Wink is boldly going further than that. He's saying, we're not going to have any inside linebackers. Their coverage liability in in a lot of cases and the players they have on this team, I think that's honestly true. And so on a fair percentage of the dime snaps, he took out both inside linebackers. Uh, with Clark playing the playing with the green dot, of course he can do that. Uh, has the flexibility to get whoever he wants on the field, and I think this will be very effective against other QBs who either don't get rid of the ball quickly or they're pocket passers who don't like to be moved off the spot. Baker Mayfield falls into that category, and you know it should at least be a good matchup there. Uh, ben Roethlisberger less so, but Joe Burrow another one who probably is going to be bothered by pressure this year. So hopefully this will be effective. Uh, in more games as we go forward. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is one of those. So yes. I don't think it'll help too much this week. But yeah, I love seeing the uh, the race car package. Love seeing all those guys out there uh, mixing up where they're coming from, different moves out there with all those um, all those outside linebackers just getting after the QB. So that's always fun to watch. Um, my last number is 65% and 73.5%. Again, looking forward to Kansas City matchup. 65% of the targets for Kansas City in week one went to either Tyreek Hill or Kelsey. Uh, It's 15 and 7, respectively, out of the 34. Tyreek Hill had 73.5% share of the team's air yards, which is just 
a ridiculous amount, nearly yep. nearly three quarters of the of the team's air yards um, were to Tyreek Hill. Uh, the next highest last week was sixty two percent, and even that was ridiculously high. So who was that? Um, oh, it was uh, Devonte Smith, the new kid. Okay. Um, so, um, but that's just amazing. Amazing, but um, you know, it was a really interesting defense that Cleveland used, kind of giving them mostly underneath things, and then they just took shots every once in a while to Tyreek uh, when the defense changed it up. But um, you know, well, it'll be interesting to see what approach we use to try and shut those two down. So. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's certainly largely about that. It's not all the weapons they had, but they didn't run the ball effectively. So you know, hopefully, this is a this is still a game where the Ravens can can play tough. I mean, that may be what we have to hope for this year. The big number and the one nobody really wants to hear right now, 27.5 million and 1.2 million. The Ravens currently have 14 players on IR representing 27.5 million of current cap. And that I'm not even sure that really reflects how serious the team's injuries are in terms of a percentage of the total. Um, but the Chiefs only have one player on IR, uh, with a total current cap of 1.2 million, so uh, obviously this is really the story of the Ravens. And coming in this this Thursday, now we're recording this, and the Ravens have nine players on the injury report, and the Chiefs have none. So obviously this is the story of of this week for the Ravens, and unfortunately it might be the story for this season. Yeah. So as you mentioned, this is the, those are the players on IR plus the the nine and zero on the injury report. So that doesn't even account for those, man. It is a rough spot we're in. So it's really, and no more cap to try and pull in more players. So we're kind of stuck with the roster we got more or less. So, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough year. That's a, it's a great point though. Now, if you're, if you're in the Ravens front office right now, do you punt at this point on the season in terms of trying to acquire talent, because I, one thing you can go out and you can spend a couple of million more on cap and probably get two left tackles at the replacement level kind of thing. It would be additional. Michael Schofield is still out there. You know, they may have another tackle in mind that would be bad, but you know, still another body uh, that they could bring back. Uh, do you go out and spend even two to $4 million trying to do this? Or do you go out and spend any more draft capital to try and acquire someone? Uh, I don't honestly think they have many en- enough room to even sign someone for $2 million or anything like that. Um, maybe a couple more veteran players, uh, veteran minimum players, but they really have like no room and no more switches that they can flip to get more. Uh, they are, they are stretched entirely thin at this point and I wouldn't go any further you know this you know maybe someone to just at least field a team if you have to in that point but um but yeah i wouldn't maybe later in the year if you if you end up in a good spot but uh but right now nope i, I would ride with what you got all right well i think the ravens have decided that too by the way dan has some outstanding cap understanding pieces that was done, visual cap understanding piece that was done this off season where you can really see what component of the cap is still available to be restructured. That's um, extremely useful way to look at it. Breaks each player's cap into four separate components. Worth going out there, take a look on the video section of filmstudybaltimore.com and you'll find it. That was outstanding stuff, Dan. I hope we can do that every year because that is just one of the really top pieces to understanding cap that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. That's always a fun time to start thinking about all the cap and how it all breaks down. So, uh, 
All right, my friend. Uh, great to have you back on the show and, and, and you know, as a co-host and, and doing what you do every week. And uh, we'll talk to you next week on Film Study. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.